Well, I'm so happy to greet you today, and today of all days, this is the day the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing in it with friends in South Florida, Gables Campus, Kindle Campus, across the nation, around the world, through Church Online, wherever you're connecting with us today. May God's blessing be yours as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, one Easter... A preacher and a taxi driver both died and they're standing at the pearly gate. St. Peter comes to take the taxi driver, says, come with me. Takes him over, shows him this amazing mansion. I mean, it's got everything imaginable. Bowling alley, Olympic-sized swimming pool. The taxi driver goes, man, this is awesome. I love it. And then Peter comes back and gets the preacher. He takes him over to this little shack. It's got bunk beds and a broken down TV set in it. And the preacher says, well... I think there may have been some mistake. Shouldn't I be the one in the mansion? You know, I I went to church every day. I preached God's word. And Peter says, well, that's true, but there's no mistake. Because when you preached, people slept. And when he drove, everybody prayed. Well, happy Easter. And my prayer today is that you won't sleep. But I simply want to answer one question, and here it is. What's the big deal about Easter? What's the big deal? We buy new clothes. We gather with family. We have traditions like eggs and baskets and parades and and uh, billions of people the world over for centuries, 20 centuries plus, two millennia have celebrated Easter, and we're doing it right now. But what's the big deal, Right? Well, the Gospels take us back of the New Testament, take us all the way back to those who were there that Sunday morning after the Friday that Jesus was beaten, crucified, died, buried, and then quote the angel from the tomb on Sunday morning. Now, before we get to that quote with the answer, the disciples, let me remind you, are in hiding. Um. Last they'd seen Jesus, if they did, was when Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea were taking his beaten, bloody, limp, dead body down from the cross and wrapping it in spices and then placing it in Joseph's tomb. The Romans then posted a guard there so it wouldn't be tampered with. And uh, and now it's Sunday morning, and the women who follow Jesus are going to the tomb. They want to uh, pay their respects and offer further preparation for the body. And as they're on their way, they're talking, who will move the stone so that we can get in only to arrive and find that the tomb is wide open and empty. The body is missing. And while they're wondering, bewildered, uh, an angel bright as lightning tells them this, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he said, come, see the place where he lay and then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. Don't be afraid, come and see, go and tell. That's the breaking news on that Easter morning and this one too. He is risen, he is alive. And then he says, he will meet you in Galilee. You will see him there. The risen Christ met them in Galilee. And today by his spirit, the risen Christ is meeting us in Miami. And we're here to celebrate. How ironic that the best news this world ever heard came from a cemetery. He has risen just 
as he said. But what does it mean? Well, it simply means this. You are loved. That's what Jesus said it means. John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. That's what the Apostle Paul says when he's writing to the Romans in chapter 4. I mean, chapter 5, verse 8, God showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But that's what the most famous verse of the Bible says too, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. You are so loved that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's all about love. Love coming to the rescue. Love that you can trust. There is no greater I love you in the cosmos than what happened in the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And listen, the Father wasn't off somewhere in the distance watching. No, no, no. The Scripture says that God was in Christ. The Father was in the Son. The Father, as the Son, was reconciling the world to himself putting the pieces back together. That's what the celebration's about. You are loved. You have access to God's presence, to God's favor in Jesus Christ. You can be forgiven and you can start anew. And that celebration never ends. That's why he says he is the source of eternal life. Now, sometimes someone will say, you know, Easter really isn't Christian. It had pagan origins. I mean, in the arrival of spring, those Easter eggs are symbols of germinating life. And that rabbit is a pagan symbol of fertility and spring's victory over the winter of nature. And that sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Especially if you believe that nature in this world is all there is. And paganism is a nature religion. It worships nature. It says that the natural world is all that is. And there are people today who believe that this world is all there is. And yet, into that limited and limiting perspective, the first believers were saying this, no, 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 there is a God who exists beyond this world, beyond nature, and yet he has entered into this world and become a part of it that he might supersede it and in that doing, break the chains of fallen human nature and conquer the wintry natural death that's awaiting us all to give new birth into an eternal eternal spring of life. The Gospels aren't saying that the testimony of human history and of human nature don't long for new life and springtime like the pagans did. No, they're saying, I have found my springtime in Christ. And you can too. Do you need a fresh spring in your life? Do you feel like you're stuck in winter? Well, those longings and the fulfillment doesn't come from the natural world. It's pointing us to the supernatural resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that supernature is now ours in Christ by faith. That's what we're celebrating. So when Christians color Easter eggs, we're not embracing pagan origins. We're celebrating their fulfillment in Christ. And that's what the Easter angel is saying, come and see, come and see. In the Christ event of Easter, God's love making a way for you now and forever. And I believe there are at least five 
items that the Easter angel would want us to see about Easter. Here they are. I want to click them off real quick. First, resurrection of Jesus is validation. Validation of what? That Jesus is who he said he is. And that means I can trust Jesus to be what he claims to be. What did he claim to be? Well, he said, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the good shepherd. I'm the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the fountain of living water. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. I and the Father are one. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. Jesus is God. That's his claim. And you can believe it because he rose from the dead, just like he said he was. The resurrection of Jesus is a validation. Trust it and you will see. Secondly, it's inspiration. Scripture says our creator made us in God's own image to be image bearers of God. But tragically, the story went south because of human rebellion and pride and what the Bible calls sin we debilitated ourselves into a fallen nature that now holds us captive. And, but, and yet, in Christ, God entered into our human state, became fully human. If you want to know what full human potential looks like, don't stop with a self-help motivational speaker. Behold your God. Look at Jesus Christ and be inspired. In Christ, you can be more than you think. In Christ, you can do more than you know. That's why Paul would write, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. That's why John would write, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The valid, the resurrection means validation. It means inspiration and it means justification. Third, we don't use that word a lot, but biblically it means I am fully forgiven in Christ. Our sins will never be an issue with the holiness of God. God's pure justice and God's wrath stands against all evil and sin. But in Christ, God himself has taken on the full brunt of holy justice. Why? For us and our sin, that our sin debt might be paid in full. I mean, think of that. Paid in full. That's what justified means. God no longer holds us responsible to pay for our sins. Romans 4.23, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our what? Justification. That's part of the big deal of Easter. Justification. Now, one of the favorite titles that I have held in life has been fireman. Did you know that? In Arizona, I served uh, with the National Forest Service as a fireman on a slurry team fighting forest fires. In Texas, when I was in uh, my first church, second church, both of them actually, I was a volunteer fireman in our small town. Uh, when, it contain, when it comes to containing forest fires, sometimes, some of the things that you will learn are, are about firewalls and, um, and about controlled burns. Sometimes forest management will set a fire and let it burn. And I read a story uh, one time about a man and a son in the wilderness one day who realized that a fire was burning and coming their way. So dad literally started a fire in a field, 
a large grassy area. And when it burned all the grass in that area, he took his son and stood right in the middle section of the burned out place. And as the wildfire approached and then the blinding smoke, they could hear the crackling flame. They could feel the searing heat. It approached, it surrounded, and then it passed. And they were left unharmed. Why? Because they were standing where the fire had already burned. And fire doesn't burn where it's already burned. That's what God's love has done for us in Christ on the cross. First John chapter 2, verse 2. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now the word propitiation simply means the averting of God's wrath, the full doing of God's justice. Because of our sin, our ego-drivenness, our self-absorbed thinking, the behavior that erupts into lying and cheating and stealing and hurting others and lusting and using people, because of our sin, we all face the fire of God's holy justice. But in Christ, we stand where the fire has already burned. At the cross, that's justification. He does for me what I cannot do for myself. Are you trusting Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Have you received Christ as the forgiveness of your sins? That's justification. And then fourth, the resurrection means transformation. I can become all he wants me to be. God's purpose in my life. That's what those Easter eggs are pointing to. What Paul writes about to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. God's redemption is being unleashed in you in this life. And as we let go of those old soiled garments of sin, hatred, resentment, vice, We clothe ourselves and allow the fruit of God's spirit in Christ to flow through us with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and the fruit of the spirit that Galatians 5 lists. So what's the difference? What difference does Jesus being raised from the dead mean to you? Well, it means he can raise you too. He can raise your dying marriage. I've seen him do it. He can restore your struggling family. We've seen him do it. It means that God can raise you too. He can touch your home. And by the way, beginning next Sunday, we're gonna be looking at how to partner with God to bring his wisdom and favor into our home life, to fight for our families. If you wanna know how to invite the blessing of God's wisdom into your marriage, your parenting, your family life, even its painful points, then you won't wanna miss this next series. But it's Starts next Sunday, you gotta be present to win. But what we're gonna do is see how the resurrection power of Jesus can be played out in our home life. God is still in the miracle business. He restores families, he saves marriages, he heals hearts, he transforms lives. And sometimes he does it by preparing us and walking us through the most difficult valleys. I wanna tell you about Luann Baez woman of vivacious beauty, contagious joy, personal warmth. I mean, she, she's an excellent manager who uh, was traveling in her work as operations director uh, for Apple at one time for the Latin American area in the Caribbean. Um, she and her husband, Hector, proud parents of two beautiful and gifted daughters, and they were starting together this uh, catering service, a new restaurant 
Last November, they were just opening it. They invited the group of our church pastors and wives to come to the restaurant for before its opening to treat us to an evening. And after dinner, we were just visiting, and she was telling me how she came to Christ. She'd been an atheist, and uh, and she said, but what that meant is she didn't say, I'm, I'm an anti-Christ. She wanted me to know. It just meant I didn't believe in God. She also said that she had decided to read the Bible, and she'd made it through the Old Testament, didn't do much for her. She got into the New Testament with Jesus and love, 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 and, and it, it got to her. Something spoke to her. And then she told me one day, she said, I was thinking, you know, I'm an atheist, but what if I'm wrong? Will my daughters miss their opportunity to know God because of me? And I was so inspired by her journey of faith that I asked if she would let us tell her story on video. And she said, oh, of course. And then that week before we had a chance, she was diagnosed with a ferocious cancer that took her in months. I know. I just did her uh, memorial. We're all in shock. So many things that we don't understand. But here's what Hector said to me. Someday, we're going to see her again. No more pain, no more loneliness. Gabby and Taylor's mommy, we will see Gabby and Taylor's mommy and my baby once again. Now, that's what he always called her, my baby. How could he say that? Well, I'll tell you how. Christ has risen from the dead and those who trust in him will be with him together again someday. She's already missed. Luanna has already missed in our hearts, but we're going to see her again. That's why Easter's such a big deal. Because in Christ, you know what Luann found? God's validation. God's inspiration. God's justification. God's transformation and resurrection transformation always leads to a new destination. What we're talking about is the fullness of salvation in Christ. I can be with the God who loves me. See, when you love someone, you want to be with them. And God has made a way for us to be with him forever in a place that he's prepared. Jesus said this, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. Can't you see it? A seat at the table with your name on it. But you got to RSVP. Luann did. Have you? That you may be with me. How many times have I comforted people at the graveside with that promise from Jesus. And with this quote from the Apostle Paul, absent from the body, present with the Lord. I mean, just that quick, absent from the body, bam, present with the Lord. In Christ, we will see our loved ones again. And this is our sure hope we celebrate on Easter. It was two months ago, I was standing at a graveside in Miami Memorial Park, right off the Palmetto Expressway, waiting for the family to arrive. And uh, I noticed some homes just the other side of the fence. Their backyards ended where the cemetery began. And it reminded me of the story of a boy who, uh, who lived in one of the homes just the other side of the cemetery. And after school every day, you know, uh, sometimes instead of taking the long way around, he would just take the shortcut right through the cemetery. And his friends asked him, 
you know, aren't you afraid? He said, oh, no, not afraid. My, my home is just on the other side. You know, in Christ, we say that too. Now, I'm afraid of death in the sense that I've never done it before. I don't know what it's like, so I have that sense of fear. But here's what I know. My home is just on the other side, and absent from the body is Bill, present with the Lord. That day comes to all of us sometimes sooner than we think. We don't always see it coming. You never know when it's your day. Are you ready? That's the question Easter asks us. Will you give account to God for your own sin or will you stand with Jesus in the burned out place at the cross and let God cover you there? You can do that right now. If you haven't made that preparation, you can just draw near to God. You can lean in right now and say this, Lord, I'm leaning into your cross and I trust what you did for me there. Are you longing for a fresh springtime in your soul? Then you can let Christ come alive in you because he has risen from the dead. You can say this, Lord, I'm open. Come into my life and be my Lord. Now, if you're undecided, thank you so much for joining us today. But let me give the angel's invitation to you. Come and see. Christianity is not a blind faith. Explore the evidence and let God show you that you can trust Jesus to be who he claims to be. And then he will do for you what he promised to do. I told the family that day at the Memorial Park, at the graveside, I said that Christ followers, as Christ followers, we never enter a cemetery without a spirit of defiance. You know, we are in pain because of the loved one who is absent from us, but we are here to defy death. We defy the grave. Our Lord has conquered the grave and we stand with him at the empty tomb saying, death does not give the last word. Death does not have the last word. Jesus does because he is risen and he is coming again. And until he does, here's what the book of Revelation says. Jesus says, look, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. If anyone opens the door, hears my voice and opens the door, then I will come in. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we hear your voice. We sense your presence. We know you desire to draw near to us, so we want to draw near to you. If that's your desire, then you can join me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are God come in the flesh because of love for me and that on the cross you died that my sins might be forgiven. Forgive my sins. I believe you rose from the dead that your spirit might come alive in me and prepare me to be with you forever. Come into my life and now lead me that I could become all that you would have me be until the day we are reunited on the other side as I make my prayer in your name. If you prayed with me, our heads are still bowed just for a moment, but if you prayed that prayer with me and would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, would you simply raise your hand from wherever you're joining us right now, just raise your hand. Gables Campus, Kendall Campus, we have pastors that are watching and praying. Church Online, we have ministry teams that are praying for you right now. That orange banner right there on the screen, you can click that. 
Lord Jesus, for every uplifted hand signifying an open heart, we pray that the fullness of your spirit would cause them to sense that the burden of their sin is gone and that now your life is coming alive in them in a peace and a joy that transcends understanding. May your blessing rest upon us now as you use us to invite others to come and see and then not be afraid, but trust and believe. In your name we pray, amen.